Before we start today's podcast, a quick heads up on Sheerlux's VIP club. From restaurants, bars and hotels to beauty, wellness and shopping, Sheerlux partners with some of London's best destinations and hottest brands to bring its VIPs exclusive monthly offers. So why not sign up? It'll cost you just £5 a month or £50 for the year. Use your card once or twice and you'll have made that amount back in no time. For more information, visit sheerluxvip.com. A quick announcement about the Brief podcast. If you're enjoying being kept in the know about the latest current affairs news, then you'll want to subscribe to the Brief podcast as well as the Sheerlux podcast, as we'll be moving the Brief over to its own designated podcast channel in the next few weeks. Simply search the Brief podcast in your podcast app and hit subscribe to stay informed. Time poor? Never get around to watching or reading the news? Aware you're not quite as on top of what's happening in the world as you should be? Well, the Brief Daily from Sheerlux.com is the daily email that brings you the scoop on the breaking news and current affairs you need to know about each day. In this weekly podcast, we round up all those stories into one neat episode. So subscribe, keep listening and stay informed. Today is the 18th of October and the main stories in the brief this week are Theresa May met with EU leaders in Brussels on Wednesday night for the latest summit on UK-EU Brexit negotiations. The leaders decided against planning a further meeting in November unless decisive progress is made in Brexit talks. While the President of European Parliament, Antonio Tajani, told reporters there'd been nothing new in terms of content, they insisted that very good progress had been made and urged both sides of the negotiation table to continue working intensively to agree a deal. Speaking at Prime Minister's questions before travelling on Wednesday, May said the new UK-EU relationship needed to be ready by the start of 2021, when the planned transition period is due to end. There's been speculation the post-Brexit transition could be made longer, extending the time frame that the UK abides with EU rules, without having a say in them. Ireland's Foreign Minister, Simon Coveney, confirmed the EU would be open to the idea, suggesting the extension may provide the extra time needed to agree an alternative solution to the Irish backstop. The PM has declined to comment on the possibility of an extension. International Development Secretary Penny Mordaunt is due to announce a new initiative aimed at tackling abuse within the international aid sector. Britain will be spearheading the project, creating a worldwide database of aid workers suspected of sexual misconduct. The register has been developed to root out abusive workers in the sector and will be launched with a British aid fund of £2 million. The database will utilise Interpol's Green Notice system, which monitors global threats to public safety. The Soteria project, named after the Greek goddess of protection, will allow charities and non-governmental organisations to check the records of potential employees and share information through an online portal. It follows a report by the International Development Committee, which found sexual exploitation to be endemic in the aid sector, with charities including Oxfam and Save the Children accused of failing to tackle the abuse. The UK has joined France and Germany to issue a joint statement demanding a credible investigation into the disappearance of Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Khashoggi is an outspoken critic of the Saudi government and was last seen entering the Saudi Arabian consulate in Istanbul on the 2nd of October. Turkish authorities believe Saudi agents murdered Khashoggi inside the consulate, an allegation described by the Saudi government as lies. The joint statement from Foreign Secretaries Jeremy Hunt, Jean-Yves Le Drian and Haiku Mas demands the Saudi government provide a complete and detailed response to Khashoggi's disappearance. The US Secretary of State Mike Pompeo arrived in Saudi Arabia earlier this week for crisis talks, meeting with Saudi leader King Salman in Riyadh to discuss Khashoggi. A joint Turkish-Saudi investigation into the disappearance is currently underway. Last week, the US threatened severe punishment if wrongdoing was discovered.
In UK news, Chief Constable Gareth Wilson has warned that the British police force is still plagued by institutional racism. Wilson's leading the push for diversity for the National Police Chiefs Council, or NPCC, which has announced new plans to boost diversity within the force. The NPCC has unveiled a scheme which will include diversity goals in the performance reviews of top police officers. The new plans follow the release of figures showing the force is far whiter than the populations it is policing. Only 7% of police officers come from black or ethnic minority backgrounds, BAME, compared with 14% of the general population. This disparity is most starkly seen within the Metropolitan Police, where a 14% BAME force serves a 40% BAME population. A leading economic forecaster has suggested the UK economy is on track for its worst performance in nearly 10 years. The EY Item Club said the British economy was unlikely to recover at the end of 2018, as the growing risks of a no-deal Brexit impact the country's growth forecasts. The organisation forecasts a 1.3% growth for 2018, the UK's worst year for growth since the financial crisis. If the government secures an undisruptive Brexit deal, the EY Item Club forecasts a modest recovery to 1.5%. The news follows the International Monetary Fund's warning that failure to strike a Brexit deal could result in dire consequences for British economic growth. Prince Harry and Meghan have arrived in Sydney, Australia for the start of their first overseas tour. Their arrival also saw Kensington Palace announce the couple were expecting their first child in the spring. In a statement, Kensington Palace said the Duke and Duchess were delighted to be able to share this happy news with the public. The 16-day tour is the couple's first since their wedding in May and will see them visit Australia, Fiji, Tonga and New Zealand. Common Speaker John Burko has been told to resign following the release of a report which suggests he concealed allegations of sexual harassment made by MPs. The report by Dame Laura Cox follows an independent inquiry into harassment among Commons staff and states that Burko failed to tackle a culture of deference and silence in the Commons. Standards Committee Chair Sir Kevin Barron and Women and Equalities Committee Chair Maria Miller have both called on Burko to quit. Dame Cox was commissioned to write the report after allegations of bullying were levelled at Burko by his former private secretaries. The findings detail claims of harassment and sexual misconduct, with female staff reporting inappropriate touching and gender-related verbal abuse. The House of Commons Commission will meet in the coming days to discuss both the report and Burko's speakership. Burko has defied calls for his immediate resignation, instead telling friends he would stand down next summer, according to the BBC. The new universal credit system is facing further delays as the BBC revealed considerable changes are being made to reduce its negative impact on recipients. According to Work and Pension Secretary Esther McVeigh, details of the system are due to be unveiled in the budget later this month. McVeigh said the rollout of the system would begin slowly in 2019 to ensure it is working effectively. It has already been delayed from its earlier April 2017 start date, with full operation now not expected until 2023. The BBC has reported that leaked documents showed significant changes were being made following accusations from critics that universal credit would see thousands of families worse off. The documents allegedly suggest that income support, employment allowance and job seekers allowance will be allowed to continue for two weeks after a universal credit claim has been made. It also suggested claimants will be able to request an advance while waiting for their first universal credit payment, which the government will deduct from later payments. The Duchess of Cambridge's sister, Pippa Middleton, has welcomed a baby boy with her husband, James Matthews. The baby was born on Monday afternoon, and a spokesperson for the couple said he weighed eight pounds and nine ounces, and both mother and baby are doing well. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge were thrilled by the news, according to a Kensington Palace spokesperson. The announcement comes only a day after Prince Harry and Meghan Markle revealed they are expecting their own child due to be born in the spring. Pippa and James married in May 2017, and Pippa announced her pregnancy in her Waitrose Weekend magazine column in June this year. 
Consumers Association, which has revealed the worst performing railway stations in the UK, discovering that train passengers have faced delays on over 50% of all services from the nation's busiest stations this year. Manchester Oxford Road was found to be the worst in Britain, with 68% of its trains running late or cancelled, rising to 77% during peak times. York came second with 65% of trains late or cancelled. In London, the worst performing was Clapham Junction, which saw over half its services late or cancelled. Which Managing Director of Public Markets, Alex Heyman, described the findings as unacceptable, adding that the government's forthcoming rail review must not delay real action to improve passengers' experiences on the trains today. The government has announced a review of hate crime legislation that could see protection extended to men, women and the elderly. Gaps in hate crime law are to be examined by the Law Commission, the independent body which advises the government on legislative reforms. Misogyny, misandry and age-related abuse are all to be considered, as well as discussion on hate crimes directed at certain subcultures such as goths. The news follows growing support for misogyny to be considered a hate crime, including street harassment targeted at women. Existing legislation covers hate crime on the basis of race, religion, disability, sexuality and trans identity. Anna Burns has been awarded the 2018 Man Booker Prize, becoming the first Northern Irish writer to receive the award. Burns won the prize for her novel Milkman, the story of a young woman harassed by a powerful man during the Troubles. The award was presented by the Duchess of Cornwall and included a £50,000 cash prize. The Man Booker Chair of Judges, Kwame Anthony Appiah, said no one on the panel had ever read anything like this before. Burns, who was born in Belfast, said the novel drew on her own experiences growing up in Northern Ireland, a place rife with violence, distrust and paranoia. The Advertising Standards Authority has banned a cosmetic surgery advert shown during ITV's Love Island. The advert for MYA Cosmetic Surgery promoted breast enlargement and has faced criticism from the Mental Health Foundation. The foundation claimed the advert exploited young women's insecurities and portrayed the procedure as aspirational. The advertising watchdog agreed with the complaints, banning the ad from any future broadcasts or catch-up showings. In 2012, the British Association of Aesthetic Plastic Surgeons called for a full ban on plastic surgery ads in response to growing concern regarding the poor body image of young people and its impact on mental health. The Salvation Army has warned that human traffickers are increasingly using drugs to force vulnerable people into slavery. Twice as many British people approached the Salvation Army for support services related to modern slavery this year, according to figures from the charity. Homeless people or those with addiction problems were particularly vulnerable to exploitation, targeted by traffickers who used their dependency to force them into prostitution and unpaid labour, including begging and selling drugs. Anti-slavery organisations have warned that provision for those who escape such exploitation is currently insufficient, with many victims in safe housing later forced to leave as a result of drug or alcohol problems. Senior Conservative MPs have spoken out on the government's consultation of the Gender Recognition Act, claiming more time is needed to consider the concerns of women's rights groups. The government is looking to reform the 2004 Gender Recognition Act, making it easier for people who identify as trans to legally change their gender. Some women's groups have raised concerns over the proposed changes and their potential impact on women-only spaces. MPs Maria Caulfield and David Davies said the consultation had not sufficiently considered the issues raised by women's groups. Trans rights activists say the current gender recognition process is intrusive and out of date, claiming the 2004 Act is in urgent need of reform. In business news, Unilad publisher Bentley Harrington has been bought by its rival social media group Lad Bible. Bentley Harrington went into administration earlier this month, collapsing with debts of £6.5 million. 
Lad Bible's purchase of the group saves over 200 jobs and will see the web publisher take on the Unilad Facebook account, which has over 39 million followers. In a statement from Lad Bible, the group said that moving the two brands under the same roof would transform the media landscape and make them the largest social video publisher ever. The takeover took less than two weeks, with Lad Bible helping force Unilad's administration by purchasing £5 million of the company's debt. The board of Patisserie Valerie has found two secret company bank overdrafts following the arrest of its financial chief earlier this week. According to the cafe chain's owner Luke Johnson, almost £10 million has been spent in HSBC and Barclays overdrafts, which were not known to the company's board or its auditors. The discovery follows the arrest of finance director Chris Marsh, who has now been released on bail after being linked to significant and potentially fraudulent accounting irregularities in the group's finances. The government's serious fraud office confirmed it had opened an investigation into an individual related to the case, thought to be Marsh. Johnson has described the discovery of the irregularities as the most harrowing week of his life, after the chain was narrowly saved from collapse by £20 million in loans provided by Johnson himself. In health news, the number of babies being delivered by caesarean section has increased at an alarming rate, according to experts. Research published in the Lancet Medical Journal has revealed 21% of babies worldwide were delivered via caesarean in 2015, up from around 12% in 2000. Caesarean sections, if used only when medically necessary, should account for around 10 to 15% of births. Experts have warned of the implications of unnecessary caesareans, which can cause complications in further births, including rupturing the uterus and risk of infection. Professor Jane Sandel, co-author of the study, emphasised the need for further awareness about caesarean risks so women can make informed choices, saying, It is our job to provide as accurate information as we can. It is not our job to tell women what to do. All flour is to be fortified with folic acid in a new government policy aimed at reducing the number of babies born with serious birth defects. UK ministers are said to have been convinced to back fortification by their advisers and medical experts, with a policy due to be introduced in the coming weeks. The decision follows a campaign by doctors and scientists who claim mandatory fortification would reduce rates of spina bifida and other severe disabilities. It is estimated that two children are born with such disabilities, known as neural tube defects, each week in the UK. Currently, pregnant women in the UK are advised to take folic acid supplements to increase their intake, although experts warn those in poorer homes do not get enough of the vitamin. Anne Hewan of the Royal Society for Public Health said the move was long overdue and would bring the UK in line with other countries. Prime Minister has announced a new initiative that will see £1.8 million dedicated to community projects aimed at tackling the growing loneliness crisis. Theresa May confirmed that from 2023, GPs will be able to prescribe social activities, such as cooking classes and gardening, in a bid to reduce both loneliness and pressures on the NHS. Loneliness has been described as a major public health concern by the charity Age UK and linked to illnesses such as Alzheimer's and heart disease. The PM's announcement follows research that suggests around 200,000 older people have not had a conversation with friends or family in over a month. The initiative will join an earlier £20 million government pledge to help fund the expansion of community and local charity programmes. In environment news... The UK is taking steps towards a zero-carbon economy following the publication of a major UN report warning that dangerous climate change can only be stopped with a radical reduction of greenhouse gases. The government is seeking the advice of the Independent Committee on Climate Change, or CCC, on how to move towards a zero-carbon economy. Climate Minister Claire Penny said the stark and sober report has raised questions on how to reduce emissions, including what does government need to do, where can the private sector come in, and what technologies will come through. 
The CCC has warned the UK is not on track to meet its climate targets, including reducing emissions by 80% by 2050. Elsewhere in the world. A British cyclist has been shot dead while mountain biking in the French Alps. Mark Sutton, originally from Caerphilly, was shot on Saturday evening by a hunter in the woods near the ski resort of Montreal. The hunter was part of a wider group and was later taken to hospital with shock. Sutton was said to have been perfectly identifiable on the mountain track, and French authorities have now launched an inquiry into aggravated manslaughter. Sutton ran a local catering business and opened a restaurant called The Wild Beats Kitchen earlier this year. The hunter has not been arrested. The UK Foreign Office said it was in contact with the local authorities in relation to Sutton's death. The United Nations has warned that Yemen is on the brink of a catastrophic famine, which could see almost 50% of the population at risk of starvation. The crisis is threatening to affect as many as 30 million people living in Yemen over the next three months, as the country suffers under a Saudi-led blockade. The conflict between the internationally recognised Yemeni government and the Saudi and Iranian-backed rebels is responsible for the deaths of nearly 10,000 civilians, and has seen food costs in Yemen rise by a third in just 12 months. The country's economy has been plunged into crisis by the conflict, with the UN warning that a continuation of the blockade could result in the worst famine seen in a century. Two New Zealand women are donating over 18,000 New Zealand dollars to a Palestinian charity after an Israeli court demanded they pay damages for a concert cancellation. The singer Lord was due to perform in Tel Aviv when Justine Sachs and Nadia Abushanab wrote an open letter urging her to cancel the gig. An Israeli court found Sachs and Abushanab guilty of damaging the artistic welfare and the good name of three ticket holders and ordered the women to pay damages. Following the action, the pair began receiving donations and offers of financial help from people around the world. Sachs and Abushanab have now stated they will not pay the damages and will instead donate the money raised to the Gaza Mental Health Foundation. It is down to New Zealand's courts to decide whether the damages claim is legally enforceable. Spain is predicted to overtake Japan in world life expectancy rankings by 2040, as experts point to the benefits of the Mediterranean diet. The authors behind a study on global disease said the biggest future risks to life expectancy are obesity, high blood pressure and the use of alcohol and tobacco. Spain's average lifespan is set to reach 85.8 years. The Mediterranean diet is thought to counteract the proposed health risks. Japan has ranked highest in global life expectancy for many years, but is set to fall behind Spain at 85.7 years. The study included every country in the world, with the US performing particularly badly, falling from 43rd to 64th, largely as a result of the country's opioid crisis. Our facts of the week are A hologram of the late Amy Winehouse is set for a global tour, performing digitally remastered songs backed by live band, singers and theatrical stagecraft. Mitch Winehouse, Amy's father, said the reanimated hologram of the singer will be something special that really can't be put into words. Money raised by the tour will go towards funding the Amy Winehouse Foundation, which works to support young people at risk of drug and alcohol misuse. A passenger boarding a flight from Florida to Ohio had to be forcibly removed after being told she could not fly with her emotional support squirrel. The woman refused to get off the Frontier Airlines flight and eventually had to be physically removed by police officers, delaying takeoff by two hours. The passenger claimed to have informed the airline of her emotional support animal, but Frontier said she had not told the company it would be a squirrel. Frontier attendants told the woman that rodents were not allowed. The airline has changed its guidelines to only allow dogs and cats beginning next month. The Royal Mint has developed a new gold credit card costing £3,000, capable of working in cash machines and on contactless card readers. The new 18-karat gold cards will also feature the signature of their owner engraved onto the back. 
A source at the Royal Mint said the project was likely to be ready within a year, adding that the company was targeting their partners in the top end of the market. And finally, New Zealand has named the Kareru pigeon its national bird of the year. The pigeon is well known for drunkenly falling from trees after eating fermented fruit and has been described by conservation group Forest and Bird as clumsy, drunk, gluttonous and glamorous. The Kareru won the award by landslide, receiving 5,833 votes. Second place went to the Kakapo, which won 3,772 votes. Forest and Bird congratulated the Kareru, naming it one of the country's most recognisable birds, endeared because it is often heard before it is seen. That's it for this week. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe and tell your friends. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.